I get to talk about our Connect Group relaunch today. And half of you are looking at me like, oh, Josh is talking today, that's new. And the other half are like, they gave the drummer the microphone, we might need to leave. (laughs) But I'm really excited to be here today. Um, And we're going to be talking about the importance of biblical community for us as believers. Because I really believe that there's something we will miss out on if we don't have community as part of our walk together. Um, But before we get into that, I want to kind of tell you guys how I got here because I recently took on the responsibility of being the Connect Group Coordinator here at Portview. When Pastor Chris decided to leave us for the Great White North of Antigo, and we all love and miss him, but it left a hole in one of our, what I believe to be one of our most strategic ministries at our church here, our Connect Groups. And so at that time, I kind of, it's about a year and a year and a half ago, I kind of felt a prompt that, you know, maybe this is an area the Lord wants to use me in, a place where I could get involved. So I think I mentioned I was interested but to be honest, life was really, really busy at that time. We had just had Callie, and as you guys know, that was no walk in the park. She was very sick. Um, I had just gotten a new job. We had bought a house. I was you know, trying to figure out, do I want to go back to school? All of these other things. And so at that time, it wasn't the right time for me to move into this. But about a year ago today, around the same time, I decided that I needed some clarity. I needed some direction in my life. And so I decided to take a hike in a good way. Um, and <laughs> my, my wife with a, I think we had like a three, four month old at home said, go up north, take this hike. You know, I was, went to Pictured Rocks, uh, lakefront, right on Lake Superior. And I decided to do 50 miles over three days. I know some of you guys have heard this story, um, cause I've shared it a couple times in different groups I've been in, but bear with me. It's a, it's a good one. Um, at least in my opinion, it's a good one. So I went up there and my whole goal was, Lord, I want to know what you want for my life because I really didn't know. I was at a point where I had been going, going, going since the time I was 18, and I was at a point where I didn't have something to do. I had, you know, I had the kid. I had bought the house. I was, I had a career. I was like, okay, God, you've got something new for me. So I started off my very first day, and I hike about nine miles in, and I set up my hammock, because I hammock camped the whole time, and behind me, there's this huge hill, and I decided to climb the hill and see what was on the other side. So I get up to the top, and it's just dunes as far as you can see all the way down to Lake Superior. And I'm like, this is beautiful. Um, I'm going to grab my Bible and my supper, and I'm going to go up there and read. So I get up to the top of the hill, and I eat my can of soup, which is the worst backpacking meal in the history of backpacking meals to bring with you. (laughs) That's what I found. Um, So I eat my meal, and I grab my Bible, and I did a very sophisticated style of reading. I literally set my Bible down, and I let it open up. So I'm like, God, you've got something for me, which I don't suggest as like the, the way you read your Bible every day. Um, but it opened to Psalm 23, which I should have known it would because that's been an important verse for me since I was 15. Um, and growing up, you know, every time I had a struggle, I went back to that. So it opens up and I'm like, all right, I'll read this. You know, I'm pretty familiar with it, but I'll read it. And, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking down at this, and I'm on a dune, but there's green grass growing down towards Lake Superior. He leaves me beside quiet waters, and Lake Superior is still as glass, which as most of you know, Lake Superior isn't often still as glass. <laughs> he restores my soul. And it was at that moment where I knew God was like, I've got something for you, I want to tell you something. But he didn't tell me right then. So actually, Stephanie, if you'd put the picture up, this is a picture of um, where I was. And so it was just this like, beautiful picture of what Psalm 23 was laying out. And so the next couple days, I'm expecting, you know, this booming voice out of heaven to be like, you're supposed to go back to school or be a pastor, you know, whatever it was. And I, you know, start the next couple days, and the next day I twist my knee. And then I get blisters on my feet. 
And then I um, get rained on for 14 straight hours in a hammock the last night. And so it was miserable. And that last, last day on my hike out, I felt God speak to me and just be like, this is what you're doing to, with your life. You're trying to run too fast and go too hard. And his exact words to me were, sit down, shut up, and be where you are. <laughs> I was like, all right, you speak my language. I get it. And so I came back, and I, just, I mean, Sam talked. I'm like, well, I'm not going to go back to school, which for, for us was a big deal. That's, you know, going back to school for me would financially be the, the smartest choice. So I'm not going to go back to school. I'm going to wait. And I even tried to keep adding things to it. I'm like, well, maybe I can sneak some classes in. Or, you know, maybe I can do X, Y, Z. But I kept coming back to that time when I knew God was like, be where you are. And a year ago today, I would not have been able to do this. But now that I'm here today, in a more stable point of life, I'm able to. So I'm really excited that I, I really feel like this is the next thing God has for, for me and my family is to be, be part of this Connect Group ministry. Um, and as you guys know, I love Porphy Church um, and our Connect Groups, as we're going to get into so let's pray before we kind of dive in. Lord, I just want to thank you so much for the privilege of being here today. I pray that you would give me the words to say, um, that they would come across clearly, and that you would just move in this place. In your name I pray, amen. All right, so connect groups. I feel like because they have an official name, sometimes they get like this stigma that goes along with them that they're some big scary thing. It's like you finally muster up the courage to go to your first connect group, you knock on the door and you open it up and there's five people sitting in a circle chanting the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> and you're like, okay, well, maybe I can get past this. I know the Lord's Prayer. And you get in and they drill you on some obscure doctrine and then ask you what your view of the Trinity is and you're like, okay, <laughs> like I'm, I'm over this. Luckily, our connect groups are nothing like that. And obviously, I'm exaggerating. But Stephanie, if you put up those pictures of our connect group, um, <laughs> she's going to scroll through some of these. And our, our connect group has changed a lot over the years. So we started off as the Young Adults Connect Group, and it's since become the Young Families Connect Group, uh, since we've all had babies. And interestingly, so Brett, Aaron, Danny, Christina, we've got a bunch of people in here, I might have forgot a couple, that split off of ours and started the new Young Adults one, because I'm now an old adult. <laughs> like, I've got two kids and I was married for five years last Friday. Uh-huh. And so the reality is that through this group, I have learned more um, than any isolated Bible study could have taught me. That I saw Jesus through the people in my group. I saw the love of, love of Jesus through Ripley moving my couch a thousand times <laughs> as we moved. And through the conversations with Dave about raising kids. Um, and, and through seeing you know, our kids play together and, and see those relationships built. And so I... I could have probably chosen to do other things, and it would have been easier to choose to do other things, but I personally have seen the effect that connect groups can have, and that's why I'm so excited to be part of this ministry. So the reason that they're effective is because we are meant to live our lives in community with one another as Christians. And so as we dig into the scripture, um, we're going to read from Matthew, verse, uh, Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 through 17. And as you guys are turning there, um, I'm going to tell you why I chose to read it out of Matthew. Because Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they're the synoptic gospel. They're this kind of, um, they, they tell a lot of this, you know, tell the same events um, in each of the books. And so I chose Matthew because his audience, who he's writing to, is different from that of Mark or Luke. He's writing to the Jewish people. So Matthew is saying, you know, I'm writing to people who want to know God. The Jewish people really did want to know God in the time 
they misunderstood who he was, who Jesus was at the time, but they wanted to know him. They were at the temple. They knew the scriptures. They're very similar to us. I don't think that there's any of us here that would say, oh, I come to church just to, you know, hang out. I mean, we've got a lot of fun people here and cool people here, but there's other things you could do. We're here because we want to know who God is. Amen, right? I love it. Okay, so let's read, starting in 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do you say the Son of Man is? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. Now, why in the world did I choose that scripture to talk about community? Because there's a lot of really good scriptures to talk about community. Um, when I read this, it was so abundantly clear to me that where Peter is, is where we want to be. Peter is at a place of having a, a revelation of who Jesus is, of, of knowing God in a new way. And that's what we should want as Christians. We should never want to just stay in the same spot. We should want more of him each and every day. So how do we get to this spot? Or how did he get to this spot? As we look into this a little bit more, we're going to see that Peter got to this spot because he chose to put himself in community with others. Community with Jesus, community with the other disciples, and even community with the culture around him. So we want the same things that Peter was doing in here. So to fully understand how Peter got here, and learn how we can also come to a place of new understanding and relationship, let's also look at his calling as a disciple. And I'm kind of back to this section. This section of scripture should absolutely turn our idea of discipleship on its head. That Peter had been walking with Jesus for like three and a half years at this point before he says, you're the Messiah, the Son of God. Discipleship does not start with somebody saying, oh, I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. It starts long before that and ends long after. That it's a process and it's not a one-time decision. So in Matthew 4, verse 18 through 20, I'm just going to read this real quick. We see Peter called as a disciple. And I think you guys actually read this last week too. I'm, I'm a nurse. That's my you know, full-time job here. And I, every third weekend, have to work right now. And I'm very fortunate. I actually get a new schedule coming up in September where I work no Sundays. So I'm very excited to be here every Sunday with all of you. <laughs> all right, so as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. So Peter, like us, is called to be a disciple. But what did that mean? Did, did Jesus call him to read the Old Testament scriptures? Did he call him to learn facts about who Jesus was as a person? No. He called him to walk beside him and learn who he is. That this idea of discipleship is more than just gaining information about what Christianity is or about who Jesus was. It's about actually experiencing him and knowing him on a personal level. I heard a quote, I was just listening to a podcast um, that said, when you go to a restaurant, just like the menu is no excuse for the meal, the Bible is just no excuse for the actual um, experience of having Christ in your life. 
And that's what we want. And that's what this is getting at. It's saying that you can know the word, you could, you could know the Bible front to back, and you can still miss out on who Jesus actually is and miss out on that experience. So number one, we're called to follow him, not just to learn about him. We also aren't called by accident. So when Jesus called Peter, Peter saw an ordinary fisherman. Peter saw the guy who, um, you know, he probably wasn't high enough status to, be, to follow a rabbi. That's why he hadn't been doing it. So that's who Peter saw. When Jesus called him, he saw Peter the rock on which he would build his church. John 6, says, Nobody comes to the Son except by the Father's drawing. So if you're here today and you're on this process of discipleship, God is calling you intentionally and he has a plan for you just like he had a plan for Peter. That you are here for a purpose. And I really felt like it was important for us to establish this before moving on to our first point. That we're all called to, to seek after God. That's our job as discipleship. And that we're here for a reason, right? You guys with me? Okay, so the first point is we are all called into the community of discipleship. What does that mean? That discipleship, even though it is individual, takes place together. That you're sitting here and the person next to you is also walking on the same path of discipleship, even though it might look a little bit different. We are all in this together. And so as disciples... God's primary plan through scripture is for us to become united with him in relationship and to help others experience him. And that second half, and to let others experience him, is where our next point is going to come from. Because that means it's not all about you. And it's not all about me. That we're supposed to help others draw close to him as well. So point number two is that we experience God in new and different ways only when we are together with fellow believers. I'm going to make another bold statement. You will not experience the full expression and reality of God if you are not engaged in Christian community. I'm going to say that one more time. Then I'm going to do a mic drop. (laughs) You will not experience the full expression and reality of God if you are not engaged in Christian community. And I don't want that to diminish the, the importance of our personal walk. I absolutely don't. Because it is crucial to our development to put time individually into learning the word, into seeking after God, into experiencing him. But we we experience different things when we're with believers. For example, so Peter and all the rest of the disciples, because I think Peter in this scripture we read is really just an example for the rest of the disciples because at different times, they all were in that place of realization. They all chose to go to the death because they believed so strongly about who Jesus was. So let's look at the disciples Matthew and Simon. Not Simon Peter, Simon the Zealot, which is a great word. Um, So these two on paper should have absolutely hated each other. Matthew is a tax collector who is essentially extorting his own people for his gain and the gain of the the Roman Empire who is ruling over them. And then you've got Simon the Zealot who was fighting for the Jewish's political and religious freedoms at the time. So these two, if you put them in a room together, should have fought it out. But instead, we see modeled in Scripture love and forgiveness. That they serve together and that they work together. And that not only did Matthew and Simon hear the teachings of Jesus about love and forgiveness, they experienced the love and forgiveness that happens with the reality of Christ through each other. And that that's why we need to be in community. Because as we're together, God uses you to reveal love to me, joy to me, peace to me. That as, 
as the gifts of the Spirit are used, it shows God's power. One of my favorite quotes from Purple Book, so many of you know I'm a Purple Book nerd, I love it, so if you guys want to be in a class, I strongly suggest it. Um, the quote is that the fruit, of the, the fruit of the Spirit is God's character on display, and the, power, or the gifts of the Spirit are God's power on display. And it's so true that when you demonstrate the gifts of the Spirit, I see the power of God in you. I'm going to use a personal story as an example for this. I don't know if Roger and Sandy Cross are here today. Um, but there was a time when me and Sam were recently married. We had no money. I was trying to go through school debt-free. She was working like double time. She was working at Aurora and cutting hair. And we recently got married. We had zero money. Some bills came due. We didn't have the money for We continued to faithfully tithe through it. We still served. Instead of me picking up extra hours, we still taught classes and participated in things here at church because we really felt that's what we were supposed to do. And one day, I don't remember if it was a Wednesday service or a Sunday service, Roger walks up to Sam and gives her an envelope. And we didn't open it. We got home and we opened it up and it was a check with an old wedding card. Or not old, I guess it was a new wedding card. We found it after. um, With a check in it for exactly the amount we needed to pay our bills. Which was amazing to me. And at that time, I had never experienced God as my provider in that way before. And we found out later, um, we don't know where the original card went with the original check. Roger told me, he's like, I actually wrote you guys out a check for more than we wrote out the first time because we had to rewrite the check. I was like, well, God had a plan, I guess. (laughs) Like, I'll take it. Um, But not only would I have missed out if Roger and Sandy weren't listening in that moment, but they would have missed out on the opportunity to be used. And so if we aren't together, we don't get those opportunities. You know, we have to make the choice to put ourselves in a place where God can, can work on us and where God can use us. Because if we're not here, we can be in the Bible, we can be in community with him, but there's something else that's missing. The hard thing about this is that it's often inconvenient. It's hard to make the choice to put yourself here all the time. There's weeks where I'd rather be camping or there's weeks where I would rather just sleep in. There's times when Connect Group rolls around and I would just rather not have people at my house sometimes. And I'm the Connect Group coordinator because that's official now. <laughs> like, like that's just real life. Like, sometimes you're just tired and you don't, you don't feel like doing it. But it's worth it to experience God. And that's one of the choices we have to make. We have to say, Lord, if I really want to experience you, I can put myself personally in the right spot, but I also have to corporately put myself in the right spot. And we have lots of opportunities to do that here at Portview. Our connect groups, our, our classes on Wednesday nights, this. We have lots of opportunities. It just takes kind of the, the choice to be made um, t- to be, be all in. And so I also feel obligated to take this idea one step further beyond our relationships with just one another as believers. John 13 says that the world will know us by our love for one another. And I think the world should be blown away by the love that our community shows. I hope that the people coming for the the event today will be blown away by the love that we have for them and they'll say there's something different about those people that reflects the love of Christ. Because that's what we want them to see. That's absolutely what we want them to see. So Matthew and Simon were a perfect example to the Jews of what love looked like because they wouldn't have seen that anywhere else. Anywhere else they would have been fighting. So this is point number three. Godly community is God's plan to change the world. So if I believe that I'm a disciple and I believe that God works through community 
and I believe that it's God's plan for the lost to be brought close to him, then using this community we have should be the natural next step. That saying, I have fellow people who love, who love Jesus. I love Jesus. I want you to come to know what I have. You know, whether it's come, come grill out with me at a connect group. Come to a class we have at church. Whatever it is, I hope that we want people to experience what we have. Peter did this. He took his personal discipleship seriously. He obviously followed Jesus. He made that choice. He realized that those around him were helping him grow. Otherwise, he would not have stuck around as a disciple. Side note, who would want to be in the same room as Matthew and Simon? Like, how, how awkward is that? You know, anytime you're in a room with two people who don't like each other, like, it had to have been something different. Otherwise, he wouldn't have stuck around. And three, that he used his community to reach the world that he became the rock on which the church was built. So what this is about is us seeking after God, united in Christ, on this journey together. I want you to look at the person next to you and say, we're in this together. So essentially, I think God is trying to say three things to us today. Number one, that Jesus has called all of us into the community of discipleship. Two, that we experience God in different and unique ways only when we, were, when we are with each, with each other in community. And three, godly community is God's plan to change the world. And these are the reasons that I'm so excited to be working with our connect groups. Because our groups give us a more intimate place to do all of those things. That you can be here today, and you can put on a happy face, and you can walk out, and it can mean nothing. When you have a smaller group of people to kind of do life with, to keep you accountable, to encourage you, to call you out at times, which we all need sometimes, that's what it's all about. And so we've kind of boiled our connect groups down to three principles. Faith, food, and fun. Faith, right? Pretty simple, the three Fs. Um, so faith, the reason we chose faith is because Jesus should be at the center of all that we do. Some of our groups do Bible studies. Our group, we found that doing a Bible study now does not work. We've got so many kids running around that it is nearly impossible to get anything done, and I'm sure all the parents in the room can attest to that. Hopefully we're not alone in it. Um, some do Bible studies. One of the newer resources we're going to be putting out is that every Sunday after the sermon, we're going to put, be putting out two or three questions or talking points that the groups can talk about to kind of keep, our, keep everybody unified on the same topic um, and give you, you know, some ideas to, to start talking about, about anything. Because sometimes it's, we err on the side of not talking about you know, our faith because it's, it can be uncomfortable sometimes. So this kind of gets the conversation moving. And the third way we incorporate faith is prayer. And prayer does two things. Number one, it's powerful because it invites Jesus into the situation. But number two, it invites the people right beside you into the situation as well. And as we just talked about, God uses us to work, work on each other. And so if we're praying with our brothers and sisters, I firmly believe God is going to prompt us to, to, to do something about it. That it's not going to just be sitting in a group and saying words. It's going to be sitting in a group and doing something about that. Second thing is food. I feel like this is pretty obvious. Food is delicious and it brings people together. It gives us an excuse to just do something normal. Um, and personally, I can't think of anything more powerful in building relationships than food. Everybody likes food. 
So we're really just using this as an excuse to say, let's come together, let's have some time together, and let's get to know one another. And the last part is fun. And fun has two, two aspects. We've got some groups that do really fun things. They do hikes, they do boat rides, they play pickleball. Yeah, I see you. <laughs> I've got to play pickleball with, with you one of these days. Um, so we do fun things, things that would be classified as fun by the world. But the other aspect of it is that being a Christian should be fun. That, and sometimes it doesn't feel that way, especially when you're alone and you start, start walking through things that are hard. We forget that being a Christian is the biggest blessing, that we have this hope beyond anything that the rest of the world should have. And sometimes it takes having a person next to you to remind you of that. And so that's why fun has those two, two aspects. So in closing, I just want to ask you guys to take this call to community seriously. Now, this is going to look different for everybody. Not everybody's going to be involved in the Connect Group, and I know that. But we've got lots of opportunities for you guys to be involved. So we've got an event called the Group Link coming up on September 15th. And what that is is all of our groups are going to be represented by the leaders, and it's an opportunity for people who aren't plugged in to come check out all the groups, see where they're meeting, see what they do and what they're about, and see if a group fits for them. We're also going to have some new groups that are represented there um, this time. We also just, many of you might have seen it this morning, put up a connect group wall, and it's directly across from us in the cafe. Um, My contact information is on there. Our website URL is on there for you to get information on connect groups. Any of that that you can use to get in in touch with us is is wonderful. Um, It also kind of goes over the three Fs again, food, uh, faith, food, and fellow, faith, food, and fun, um, and says what we're about because not every week are we going to have a, you know, or we're going to be talking about it. So you can look there. Um, and the last way that you can get involved is just to talk with me or any of the other, um, the pastors or any of the other volunteers here at church. And they can get you plugged in with me or they can get you the information you need. I just want to thank you guys again for letting me be here with you. This is my first time preaching and it has been um, wonderful to to be here with a family that I know loves me um, and cares about me so much because I've grown so much here with all of you. So Mark, Dad, Pastor Mark, I don't know what to call you. (laughs) Feel free to come on up. (laughs) As you were speaking, Josh, one of the points that you said just, I had to write, I had to write something down about it. Um, and I have no means want to re-preach your sermon because you explained this, but I want to make a point because I feel like, just in my spirit, this is speaking directly to somebody. Um, as you guys know, I'm in a, a master's program through a Quaker college in Kansas called Friends University on, on spiritual formation and soul care. How do you grow in Christ? And we just finished reading a book. Um, I can't remember the title because I'm reading so many books right now. But the author was talking about the benefit of conflict in community. And that's what you were talking about. And man, I hadn't thought of it until you used, until you put together Simon the Zealot and Matthew, culturally arch enemies. These are Republican, no, these are Tea Party and the New Green, what's it called? The New Green Deal group. Literally, that would be about what it would be like. The New Green Deal group and the Tea Party, and saying, let's be in a connect group together. That's honestly what I hadn't thought of it. That's what Matthew and Simon the Zealot would be politically um, the reality of who they really were. 
And what this book pointed out about that um, was that God puts us in community on purpose with people who are different and people who are sometimes for us are difficult to love. So if I'm in, let's just say that I'm the new green, green what? The new green deal. I'm in the new green deal. That's my political, my political affiliation. It's easy to be around other people who believe like me, right? Because it's easy to be with people who are just like you. But to invite somebody totally different in and to walk with them because of Jesus gives you the opportunity that nothing else does to grow in grace and love. And here's what the book talked about. It says that what we do, and I think this is what's for somebody in this room. I honestly believe it. It's the only reason I'm saying it, because I'm not trying to re-preach your sermon. Is what you want to do is run away from it. You want to run away because it's easier to run away. And you're in a relationship with someone in the body of Christ, and the easiest thing to do, your two brothers, your two sisters, whatever, in Christ, and you don't really necessarily get along but somehow life reality has put you in the same circle and the easiest thing for you to do is run away from it. But you will never grow if you run from the stress from relationship stress. That relationship stress is designed to make you grow and get better. Because Simon the Zealot and Matthew became best buds. They were later at 12 they were, they were in Jesus' um, inner circle of all the rest of those followers. They were tight as family. And that serves as an example for us. Now, here's the point. You go, Pastor Mark, are you saying that, you know, the church is full of a bunch of people who disagree? Well, I sure hope we are. Because if we're all exactly the same, we're failing at our job. If we're only reaching people who think exactly like us, there's something wrong with us. We should be, what's the picture of heaven? The one of the pictures of heaven given by the Lord. It's every tribe, tongue, and nation worshiping together around the throne. Completely. It's Simon, it's Simon the Zealots with Matthew, the, 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 the um, political guy who would reject his country to make a buck. And all worshiping because now we have something better. The whole book of Ephesians, the purpose for the book of Ephesians is to say we become a brand new class of people. They're not Jew or Gentile. We're not the Green Party or the, or the Tea Party. We are Christian. And Jesus is now the center of our lives. And so connect groups are a way for that to happen. Now, we have, we have in our connect groups affinity in the sense that, you know, all young people kind of all getting together. And you know what? We're all Zaki or Washington County kind of Sheboygan County people. We're all pretty similar anyways. Look around. Everybody looks pretty much like you, right? We all look pretty much the same. We're all cut out of, kind of the same cloth um, for the most part. We want to make that bigger, but here's the deal. We do, we do have affinity. You know, our group is pretty much all empty nesters. You know what we do in our group? We pray. We eat. <laughs> we eat and we pray. And 90% of our prayer is praying for our families and our kids. And we're seeing God do amazing work among our kids. Um, because all of us, you ever raised a kid? Is it perfect? No. Do they do things you wish they wouldn't? Yes. Do they go in ways that make you scared? Absolutely. And so that's what our group is all about. And so all the groups are different. But man, sometimes... 
God's going to put you in, in relationship with a person who's not like you on purpose. Stop just trying to spend time with people just like you. Let Grow in grace by learning to love people that are different than you. Connect groups help you do that in a, in a, in a very practical way. Amen? Make sense? Well, Josh, thanks for preaching today.